Hello and welcome to the Skeptic Heads. It is episode 17. Today is Sunday, August 25th, 2019. My name is Brian Broom. And I'm Scott Hare. Today we're going to do another movie review. We really enjoy doing these movie reviews and this will be our third one. So we wanted to bring you Hail Satan. Hail Satan, full of grace. Really? No, whatever. Okay. I, no, I, I think it's... Uh, it, I thought it was full of mace. Full of mace, yeah, that's probably true. Um, yes, the, the whole Satanist... Uh, thing is very interesting because you know you and i remember the satanic panic back in the 80s and 90s oh my goodness couldn't play D D. couldn't know, listen to rock, rock and roll music. it was, it like was all crazy filled with the devil it was and uh we look back on that now and that's kind why of... it was so fun <laughs> yes right and that's probably what made kids want to do it more there you go well i'll tell you what the movie that we're going to review today is called hail satan yeah. and it's really a documentary about the rise of the satanic temple this right. is the, the, the organization that was started by Lucian Greaves, right. and he's the spokesman for it. Actually, it was, it was started by more people than he, Right. he's really the kind of upfront spokesman for it. Exactly. And it takes us through the activism that is their crusade in the legal system, fighting against um, the tyranny, if you will, of religious privilege in places where it shouldn't be, say in the government, in the schools, etc. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's really the purpose of what they consider Satanism. And it's not about worshiping Satan or worshiping the devil. They say it's, it's really just an expression of the, the, the anti, the, the antagonist, the up, the, the against, right? So we're, we're, we're creating like a, like a, a reflective version of, so if you have something that's considered holy and good, then you're seeing the reflective, um, which is what the Satanists sort of embody rebellion. Well, there's, there's this perception that Satan is evil. Right. And I think that perception is mainly prevalent among those who consider themselves Christian or religious because they don't really understand Satan. Yeah. Satan is referred to as evil in the Bible. But if you look at the things that he actually did or was supposed to have, you know, supposed to have done. Right. It's not necessarily so much evil as it is just uh, adversarial right. against uh, God's oppressive regime, and right. that's really what right. the name Satan means: is the is the adversary or right. the opponent, and that's that comes out in this documentary. Right. So I will just real quick say because if you want to watch this documentary, because we're gonna we're gonna talk about it in detail. If you want to watch it, there's a lot of spoilers here in this episode, so you know maybe watch it first before you listen. But um, you Do know. you really call it spoilers if it's a documentary? I mean, if yeah. this were a drama, a, a, a literary piece of fiction yeah. or nonfiction, then, yeah, these could be spoilers. But we're, all we're doing is going through a documentary. <laughs> these are things that are out there in the public, right? Yeah, there, there's yeah. no well, I, creative I, license here. I feel like I have to say that. I understand, <laughs> and I don't necessarily disagree with it. I'm just saying that yeah. to talk about spoilers in yeah. a documentary. It's not, like, it's, we're, we're not talking about the Avengers here. This yeah. is uh, this is stuff you've seen in the news probably already. It's like, like, it's like saying, spoiler alert, we won the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for telling me. I know. Jackass. I'm sorry. Damn. <laughs> All right, so let's take it through uh, through kind of the the A to Z of what happened in this documentary. So we well let's let's give some particulars about the movie first. Okay. First, it was released first released on seventeen April twenty nineteen. It's directed by Penny Lane. Okay, Penny Lane, Penny Lane, Badum Ching. All right, I'm sorry, I had to wait for that. <laughs> it's produced by Hardworking Movies and Magnolia Productions, and its uh, runtime is about ninety five minutes. And the description in IMDb says a look. 
at the quick rise and influence of the controversial religious group known as the Satanic Temple. Right. So that's kind of the particulars. That's kind of the, the quick brief, you know, of, of the documentary. So uh, at this point, let's kind of get into it and talk about the different aspects. I think what we really want to do today is we want to kind of review the different chapters in this documentary and really kind of focus on what the TST or the Satanic Temple, if you don't mind me referring to it as the TST. Do it, do it, yeah, do it cool. Yeah. TST. Uh, what the TST <laughs> w- was trying to achieve, and was that a worthy goal? Right. I mean, I think that's kind of uh, the way we want to approach this as critical thinkers. We want to say, hey, here's an activist group who's trying to do something. Right. Uh, do we agree with what, we're, with what they're trying to do? Right. Regardless of our, pre- uh, you know, our, our preconceptions and our own personal beliefs, it's like, are, are the tactics they're using valid and valuable? Right. So it starts off uh, in 2013 uh, where they are preparing a press conference at what they call the Rick Scott Rally. Right. Now, having gone through all of that precursor and buildup, <laughs> I can't remember for the life of me why they were having a problem with Rick Scott. Well, they weren't actually. They, um, at the beginning of the film, they were actually endorsing Rick Scott. No, but, I think that was wasn't that kind of a tongue in cheek endorsement. Well, well, it was, but but the, the point the point they were trying to make is that, hey, you know, they were saying that hey, the, the Satanists are on your side, Rick, because you want to allow religion in school and religion to be prevalent within you know the 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 government, and they were doing it sort of in an ironic sense, but okay. they were saying that the the whole point of the press conference was to say that. We like Rick, Rick Scott because that will allow us to put our religion into the schools as well. And in fact, the TST was so new and nascent in its activism at that point that really it was kind of taken as a probable hoax, yeah. right? The, the news crews that were out there going, you don't really believe in Satan, do you? Right. This, is, this is an all an act, right? Yeah, right, right. And in fact, uh, if you'll recall, the spokesman for TST at that time was not even a member of TST. He was an actor that they hired. Right to uh to uh, do the press conference now i don't know i don't remember why they said they had an actor i think it's because lucian the the current spokesman yeah uh was uncomfortable being up there in front of people or something i don't remember exactly he he wasn't he wasn't quite ready for that part yet but i think um you know he he was he was standing behind the guy and he was standing there on the steps Right, right because he wanted to make sure that the guy was saying the things that he had told him to say. Right. And in fact, uh, Lucian says in the documentary later, he said it became clear that no amount of coaching that he could give to someone who wasn't authentically attached to Satanism would make a credible interview subject on the topic. Yeah. And it was that point he said, you know, I've really got to do this myself. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was to their benefit, too, because I think he's very well-spoken and he knows his stuff. I do. Um, And in fact, in a Fox interview with Megan... Megan some... Yeah, one of those Megans. One of those Megans. (laughs) Wow. Way to diminish the entire Fox interview (laughs) One of those blondes. One of those blonde Megans. (laughs) I can't remember her last name. Anyway, with an interview with her, uh, she was questioning him as to why he was doing this. What's their point? Why were they doing this? And he said that they... They felt a need for counterbalance against the dominant religious privilege in America today. Right. And uh, she said, well, why Satan? 
And he said, well, we view Satan as a symbolic embodiment of the ultimate, ultimate rebel against tyranny. Yeah, rebellion. And so there you go. They're not worshiping Satan as a deity or a supernatural entity. Right. They're invoking the name of Satan as the ultimate rebel, the ultimate uh, critical thinker who is one who will stand up and speak against whatever powers be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that that's really important to, to distinguish because... You know, they had the Church of Satan back in the 80s and 90s with Anton LaVey and all that. You know, that was sort of like, but, but that was a different type of Satanism than what they're calling now the, modern Satanism. Right. They had a different mission. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't and, activism. It no. was more of the, the worship of. And it wasn't really critical thinking or, you know, uh, trying to provide this counterbalance or this focus on religious privilege in America. It was. Right. They had a di- they had a different goal. Yeah, yeah. So and and even when they were interviewing a lot of the members of the temple, they were saying that they are primarily atheists. I mean, there's a lot of atheists within within the organization. And in fact, I'll bring this up now, and I know you you recall this in the movie. There were several times, or at least a couple of times, I can remember someone saying that you know that they were an atheist, but being an atheist wasn't enough for them right. because. Atheism is simply a statement of what you don't believe. It has right. nothing to do with what you do believe, what you do subscribe to, right. what your what your thoughts and opinions are. And that's why they were drawn to the Satanic Temple, because it has a positive doctrine of belief. Right. Uh, and that doctrine is not around uh, religion as, as, as the mainstream might define religion. It's more around this activism of, you know, counterbalancing and... Uh, uh, religion in the in in the in the sphere, so to speak, right? And individual rights and uh, equality and liberty and things of this nature that are really fundamental American values, right? Yeah, and it's and it's interesting because you know we we've done secular community stuff before, and it's interesting because the Satanic Temple took off due to, I believe. Not only the activism, the, the the getting people involved, but also the fact that they had you know tenants, they had sort of these this belief structure, they had history, they had all this like um, ritual and these different things that kind of got people engaged and involved. And it was you know deep down we all need this community aspect. We need people like us, right, that we can connect to. Right. Right. But um, yeah, being. Being simply atheist wasn't was not enough. So in fact, this this Rick Scott uh, rally occurred back in 2013, which is when you and I started the atheist community of San Jose. Right. Which uh, in in the formulation of that organization, I think we were very clear that we did not want to do any sort of activism. Right. Uh, we wanted to create a safe space for people who had no more religious beliefs or trying to get out of religion. Right. Right. And yeah. You're, you're it was more of a that? support community group. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And we were very because we had people in the organization that were raring to go, were hot blooded for some activism. Oh yeah. And we had to pull the reins in on those folks. Yeah. And, and and in fact, we tried at one point to have a kind of a dual organization, one which would be the safe space for people who were not who were not interested. Yeah. In activism, and then this other organization that could go out and, and spearhead. Some activism right. and it never really materialized. Yeah, yeah. But your point is that uh, the activism of the TST 
uh, coupled with the 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 tenets of their or the doctrine of their organization, right, really allowed it to gel. I think, and and we gelled in the, in the atheist community of San Jose pretty good. Yeah, and we grew like wildfire for a right. while, but then we kind of cooled off. Yeah, and yeah. the TST really didn't. It really yeah. kind of just took off. Yeah, and you saw that that you know they they spread to many many states. In fact, they went they went uh, international. global international. Yeah, yeah. so I. I I think that the the belief structure, you know, to have something to hold on to as these are the things we believe is really important, even if it's not from a religious standpoint. So uh, let me just read these seven tenets really quick because I think these are... I think they're important. They're very important. So this, you know, if you were to ask an, uh, a satanic temple member, hey, what do you believe in? These are their seven fundamental tenets. So number one is one should strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason. Number two, the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. Number three, one's body is invaluable, subject to one's own will alone. Number four, the freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own. Number five, beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. Number six, people are fallible. If one makes a mistake, one should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that might have been caused. And number seven, every tenant is a guiding principle designed to inspire an ability and action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. And, and what's interesting about these seven tenants is you see nothing in there about blindly adhering to the commands of a supernatural being, yeah, right. Uh, it's all about uh, compassion and justice and reason and respecting people yeah. and respecting their freedoms yep. and uh, accepting scientific facts, even if it doesn't agree with your own personal beliefs. Right. These are seven tenets that I think anyone with a reasonable, rational mind could say, yes, I, I can subscribe to these seven tenets. Even if you're not comfortable saying I'm a part of the satanic temple, right. you can say their tenets, their beliefs, their seven tenets of the satanic temple are things that I'm absolutely in concert with. Yeah, it would be interesting, and I, I might actually do this, is maybe just send these over to my mom and see if she agrees with any of these statements. Because she's very much a, a very religious person. I'm like, well, can you see any you know moral fault to these particular you know, de- declarations. Right, um, without telling her where they came from. Without telling her where they came from. Uh, that <laughs> would be such a, a good sign. Well, I just, I'm just curious, you know, like what would a uh, deeply religious person feel about these types of statements, which, you know, personally, and again, this is my bias, I, I align with all of these, even though I'm not a member of the Satanic Temple. I think right. these are fantastic, you know, uh, rules to, to consider as you're living your life. Absolutely. And one of the things I want to uh, touch back on is um, why Satan is their symbol. Why mm. why do they use Satan as their symbol? Because it, this comes right off their website as well, and I just wanted to touch on this. Okay. It says, uh, Satan is a symbol of the eternal rebel in opposition to arbitrary authority, forever defending personal sovereignty even in the face of insurmountable odds. Satan is an icon for the unbowed will of the unsilenced inquirer, the heretic who questions sacred laws and rejects all tyranny, I'm sorry, rejects all tyrannical impositions. 
Our metaphoric representation is, uh, well, talks about the literary Satan is best exemplified by Milton. But I'm saying this is why they use Satan as their their icon. As, right. And plus it's it's incendiary, yeah. right? It's It gets people's attention. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you can't show up at a rally as the satanic temple and not have people point their cameras at you and go, right. oh, wait, let's hear what they have to yeah. say. Oh, my God, the Satanists and are here. And it's very effective that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, baggage that comes with that label of Satanism. But I think there's a, a, been a massive amount of distortion from the, you know, from the religious side, especially the, the, the Catholics and Christians who make the assumption that these are devil worshipers and they believe in a supernatural evil and they you know, are looking forward to going to hell and they have all these supernatural beliefs. When it's actually not the case at all. And, and and that's exactly what you get from someone who's been indoctrinated in this good and evil, God and Satan, supernatural, natural kind of mentality. Yeah. Is anything that's not God is bad. Right. And Satan is absolutely pure evil, even though... The concept of good and evil is kind of a relative term, right? Well, you need evil to have good. Apparently. Well, I, I, I'm I'm going to say something here, and I don't know what your reaction is going to be, but I don't really believe in good and evil. Right. I think uh, the things that we uh, find ourselves in agreement with or in accord with are what we refer to as good, yeah. and those things with which we find or which we're not in accord with or that we find objectionable, we classify as evil. Yeah, things that are but harmful. But the, the, the supernatural kind of, you know, forces of good and evil, that, that's all bullshit, yeah. you know? Yeah, but, but I mean, philosophically speaking, like, you can't have good without evil to compare it to. Like, there has to be that, that range of things that we're saying that, you know, we value these things, these things are, quote, good, like you were saying, and we're classifying them, and we're classifying other things as evil, which do not serve us or, or maybe harm us. So I watched this uh, docu- this other documentary about Ted Bundy, and it was interesting to hear him talk about the way he felt when when he was committing murders. It's like he had this sort of like impulse, like that he could not stop this force. And somebody might call that an evil force, like an evil thing to make him do these terrible, you know, these terrible things. You see, and that's that 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 to me is the cop out. You see, because right. there there are. The people who do these things, um, the guy, the, the the shooter off the Texas Tower, right, uh, had a tumor on his brain, right, right, right. Ted Bundy, his brain is not wired correctly. These yeah. these people are not evil. Right. They don't have evil forces in them. Right. They they have you know biological and mental problems that you know uh, compel them to do these things. And to say to point at someone and say you're evil is is childlike. It's a childlike <laughs> understanding of, of the complexities of you know how we deal with our existence. You yeah, know what I'm the saying? human condition is much more complex. Than, it is, than just and, 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 and it evil. drives me crazy when people talk about good and evil because I, I feel like they just don't understand what the hell is going on. They want to put these boxes in black and white, good yeah. and evil, bad, good, whatever. Well, it's an easy dismissal, and it is. You know, You're and, absolutely right. It's easy yeah. dismissal. That's something that I'll I'll talk about in our next episode when we get back into gun control. But this idea that you know that there is only this black and white attitude of you know certain things are good, certain things are bad, and you know guns can be good and bad, you know depending on their usage. Uh, but we'll talk about that at a later time. Yeah. So getting back to the documentary, 
Um, we they had the Rick Scott rally. They had a protest of the Westboro Baptist Church for a while. I don't want to get into that. They did a what they call a pink mass ritual over the grave of Katherine Johnson, who's the mother of Fred Phelps. Yeah, you should watch that because yeah. it's kind of funny. <laughs> that was weird. And uh, then uh, then they wanted to do a black mass at Harvard uh, campus in Boston. Now. The reason this was so controversial, because I, and I didn't know this, right. is that a black mask is a deliberately grotesque perversion of a traditional Catholic mask. I yeah. didn't realize yeah. what that and they was. they freaked out. The Catholic Church the Catholic freaked di- out. The Archdiocese of Boston just freaked, yeah. and they mobilized a processional street demonstration, you know, petitions to, to get them to stop it, yeah. and then, of course, Harvard canceled it. Right, right. The pressure was too high. Yeah. And then they ended up at a Chinese restaurant. Right, <laughs> right. And the comment of one of the TST members afterwards was was particularly poignant to me. Yeah. He said afterwards he really felt kind of like guilty and sad and dejected. And then he thought about it for a second. He said, then he remembered that these Catholic priests, you know, sexually abused children and the Catholic Church covered it up. Yeah. And they want to talk to us about morality? Right. He said, right. fuck them. <laughs> and I love that attitude. Yeah. Because he, yeah. he, he who, was... Who are you to, to, right. yeah, to put me under the microscope? Right, exactly. And that that was for him, for that particular member, his his solidification of his membership in the TSC right. and his uh, uh, um, advocation for these tenants. Yeah. I think the what was the most interesting part for me about that was just the way that the media was spinning the story as sort of like, I mean, they. here's the thing I, I'm not sure about, because they, they only showed it at the very beginning, but they, they do show at the like the very first scene as a guy calling all the news media outlets to tell them what's happening, right? We're going to have a rally or we're going to have this. So obviously they probably alerted the news media that they were going to do this black mass, right? And so I don't think they were prepared for the amount of uh, negative coverage they were going to get or how how much people were going to freak out because they said they were like, well, this is getting way out of control. Like this is much worse than we thought. Um, but, but it's consistently, you know, especially from Fox news, but it's consistently a message of, uh, these people are evil. They need to be stopped. Uh, they shouldn't have freedoms in this country. And it's like, Whoa. How, how bizarre was that to hear these commentators on Fox news and and they weren't just talking heads. Some of these were legislators, mm-hmm. you know, like senators and things like that. Yeah. Saying, you know, these people are evil and they're just filled with hate and they, you know, they should be, you know. Um, later in the documentary, one guy uh, said, yeah, we should erect their monument and then we should stand them next to it and execute them. Right, right. Can yeah. you believe oh that nonsense? Gosh. Yeah. I don't yeah. think he was a legislator. I think he was just a, he was an a average guy. But, but still, I mean, talk about something that would incite some violence. I mean, that's that's kind of a scary... This is the attitude yeah. that they have for people who have opinions different from their own. Right. Or, 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 or people and this who is, want to express those opinions. Yeah, and this is not about. the principle on which America was built. They right. claim to be patriots, yeah. but then they want to suppress press anybody who doesn't agree with them right what kind of nonsense is that yeah yeah that that could be a whole other show all in itself (laughs) that could be you're absolutely right but after that black mass we go on to we we get further uh uh, up the dateline here to 2015 and we talk they start talking about the oklahoma state capital 10 commandments where uh the the tst uh had to uh present a lawsuit to allow them to erect their uh, Baphomet 
next to their uh, their Baphomet monument statue yeah. next to the the Ten Commandments. Yeah, and the Baphomet statue was really cool looking. I mean, it was it was different. You know, it's, it's a big uh, goat headed yeah. person with on a throne, and and it was. I mean, it was a great design, um, and it made just as much sense as the Ten Commandments being there. I mean, it's just it's <laughs> ridiculous. But uh, I, I think it's interesting that I, I loved I loved the scene where. Um, uh, Lucian uh, was in the uh, like he was in the chambers and he was talking to I think I'm not sure if it was the governor of the state or what but he was presenting the idea that you know that they need to have the statue was giving the dimensions and everything like that and that was uh, that was for Arkansas Little Rock oh that was for Arkansas okay I'm getting them confused yeah um, but I did like that scene because it kind of gave you an inside look as to how this how these procedures go like if somebody says well, we're going to put up 10 commandments you got to go and you got to present your argument you got to talk about what you're going to do and i'm sure in every single one of these instances they had to do that where you have to go and 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 present your idea and and show that within the law within the um the constitution right like you have every right to put it there just right. as much as anybody else well ostensibly yes you're absolutely right right What's interesting in the Oklahoma case is that rather than allow TST to erect their bafflement uh, monument, the Oklahoma Supreme Court ruled seven to two that the Ten Commandments had to be removed, which was perfect. <laughs> yeah, which of course the TST was okay either way, right? Because their goal wasn't to have their their monument erected. Yeah, it was to have it uh, erected next to the Ten Commandments if the Ten Commandments were allowed, right? In order to demonstrate religious plurality, right? You know, and and not allow a single uh, idea of religion to to uh, dominate the the grounds of the uh, uh, what was that the uh, the state capital? Yeah, it was yeah, the state capital. State capital, which is a completely legitimate concern. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, if you're going to say, "Hey, we want to we want to put our statue up too," just so we can show that you know that this. This is a great country, and we have religious freedom, like you've been saying all this time, right? Right, um, exactly. And then, then for them to go, no, not not for you. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. And that's exactly, and it's interesting you should say that at this point, because the next in the documentary was the Phoenix City Council invocations, mm. in which the TST uh, uh, expressed their interest in, in holding an invocation at one of these city council meetings. Right. And they called the clerk, and the clerk said, okay, yeah. gave them a date, right? Right. But as their date grew closer and closer, they started receiving death threats, and the city council tried to block uh, their invocation with parliamentary procedure and yeah. new rules. Yeah. And the parliamentarian said, well, you can't really do that retroactively. And I right. mean, there was a whole thing going on. Yeah. And the day of, they, they actually decided not to go and, and present their invocation because they were concerned about all the death threats. Yeah, but the day safety. But the day that they were supposed to present their invocation turned out to be uh, uh, the, the the city council meeting kind of turned into a tent revival, yeah. castigating the TST and praising Christianity. Yeah, that was, was going, weird. That was, was so weird. It was very disturbing. Yeah, very disturbing. It was it, the the uh, uh, they were talking. Uh, uh, members of the of the community were standing up and saying, you know, this is a God fearing nation, and Did we you don't see need... what the money says on our, our money right, says right, God yeah. we trust. Yeah. Exactly that. It's like and, whoa. And you they have no idea what just, you're talking about. <laughs> and they were just castigating the TSC for yeah. even wanting to do this. Yeah. 
And ultimately, uh, as, as things moved on, the city council actually removed invocations altogether and right. replaced it with a, a quote-unquote moment of moment silence. Moment of silence, yeah. But, uh, which, every, which, again, people were upset about. They're like, oh, we had this tradition for so long, and you people ruined it. It's like, well, no, no, you had a, you had a Christian tradition with, right. within the government for so right. long. And once it was challenged, you had to either change it or get rid of it, and now you're angry about it. Right, so, yeah. right. So and they, they just don't see the privilege no. They're so close to it, they don't see the privilege. Yeah. But it's anyone who's not a Christian who stands back and looks at it can see so clearly yeah. that Christianity has privilege in this nation. Yeah. Yeah. And any time that privilege is knocked down to equality, they claim oppression. Exactly. <laughs> right? And they got to pass religious freedom laws to and make sure that they keep it's it. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. That's right. So the next segment after the city council, uh, the Phoenix City Council, was the Little Rock Ten Commandments in which the uh, state senator Jason Rapert filed a bill to allow the Ten Commandments to be displayed on the state capitol grounds. Yeah. And Rapert is a self-proclaimed, uh, you know, previously ordained minister. Really, it didn't show. <laughs> this, and he's very fervent about that fact. Uh, this guy, throughout the documentary, must have said at least a dozen times each that, one, U.S. laws are based on the Ten Commandments. Right. And, two, the U.S. is a Christian nation. Uh-huh. He must have said that yeah. numerous times he, in different contexts and different forums. In his, in, his, in his neighborhood, that might be true. Well. <laughs> no, not even in his neighborhood. <laughs> well, his his one block radius that he lives in. Oh, okay. Well, what, what I mean is, like, like you know, I think people have this conception that their the bubble that they live in is is the entire world, you know, and that's that should be true for everybody. Um, and I think they get really scared when people push back and say, no, that that's not the way the world is. Well, I have, I have, because he said this so often in this documentary, I really felt compelled to, to do some research and find out, well, I didn't believe it was in a Christian nation, but I wanted the evidence. Right. You know, it's not just my opinion that matters, it's right. the facts, right? And I also dug into, you know, the, uh, the Ten Commandments as the basis of our laws. And I don't want to get into all the details here because it's, it's substantial, but uh, there's one particular document that Americans United for the Separation of Church and State have posted on their website, and I'll reference that in the notes, that uh, shows definitively not only are we not a Christian nation, but in official documents uh, throughout history, uh, our fathers, our founding fathers, stated specifically that we are not a Christian nation. Yeah. It's not just that they left Christian out of the Constitution, which yeah. they did. Yeah. It's they stated specifically, we are not a Christian nation. Yeah. The separation of church and state was very much a, you know, it's not in the Constitution, but it is something that, that they have said specifically in those terms. Right, right. Yeah. So, well, first of all, the, the U.S. Constitution has no reference to religion whatsoever, in particular the Christian religion. Right. And the only place it does is in the First Amendment, at which point it says, Congress shall make no law respecting the uh, establishment of religion right. or the free exercise thereof. So it's saying right there, you know, we don't want our government to have anything to do with religion, right? Right. Um, and... I don't know, I feel compelled to kind of talk about these different uh, things, that uh, these different instances. So let me just touch on them real quick, real briefly. I know we're running long on time here, but uh, 
Jefferson and James Madison and their allies among the state's religious groups ended Virginia's established church and helped pass a Virginia statute for religious liberty in 1786. So Virginia in 1786 had uh, Christianity as their state uh, religion, and Jefferson and Madison and some others worked to end that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's an instance where uh, Virginia was a Christian state, and our founding father said, I don't think so, right. and they, they foiled that. They said, no, we're not going to allow you to do that. Um, there is the Treaty of Tripoli, which is very often uh, referenced in which uh, yeah, Washington, good. yeah, the Washington administration said that very specifically, the go- and I quote, the government of the United States is not in any sense founded on the Christian religion, end right. quote. Right. And that's in the document. That's a set, what, a uh, 1797 document. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And um, there are some judicial rulings, um, John Paul Stevens, and I won't get into that. And, and there are many other official documents and court uh, rulings and things that provide evidence that we are absolutely not a Christian nation, or that was not the intent of the Founding Fathers. Right. And again, I'll link that. That's, uh, that's a, uh, an article called, Is America a Christian Nation? And that's by the Americans United for the Separation of Church and State, and I'll link that. Cool. And I think the other thing that we need to say, which was in the documentary, was that all this in God we trust on the money and all this stuff? This this came from the nineteen fifties uh, and sixties, from when you know communism was becoming uh, a big threat. People were feeling concerned about um, you know the spread of secularism or anything that's not particularly Christianity. Well, it wasn't secularism as much as it was communism. Well, yeah, communism, it was the Red Scare of nineteen fifties. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it was definitely communism, but I don't think communism was necessarily. I mean, they felt it as godless. I mean, that's exactly you know, right. Americans were like, these were the godless communists. Godless communists. Yeah. So there was sort of this push, and I think it was Eisenhower or something that, that was allowing, wasn't it Eisenhower? I don't remember um, but, what administration yeah, it was. Yeah, but he was, he was allowing the In God We Trust to be, to be branded on the money and things like that. So, and under God to be put in the pledge, and so it, pledge of allegiance. Yeah, so these things are, are, are fairly new in, in, in the idea of the entire history of the country, and I think a lot of Christians don't actually know that. I know. They don't understand that, and they claim these things are evidence that we're a Christian nation, when in fact, you know, they were put in the they were put in these documents merely seventy years ago, and our nation is you know over two hundred years old. Yeah, I think if they tried to do that today, they'd have a really hard time. Well, I would hope they would. Yeah. I, I don't know why we don't take them out. <laughs> it's hard to get the pee out of the pool, right? So the uh, the uh, Arkansas Capital Arts and Grounds Commission deemed the TST petition to put in their Baphomet statue was acceptable, mm-hmm. but. It had to be approved by the legislature. What are the chances of that happening? Particularly <laughs> with state senator with Jason Rapert, Rapert yeah. yeah, being in the legislature. <laughs> so clearly, that did not happen. That became a big, you know, legal uh, legal battle. And I don't it's know. Still ongoing. That's, is it? Is it yeah. really okay? I, I, I looked know. it up. Uh, there was a there was an article in uh, back in March of this year that said that it's it's still trying to get their statue somewhere in the city i think they were trying to get it into a park instead of on the on the grounds of the of the uh state house is that right yeah so 
I think they're changing it a little bit, but um, yeah, they've had they have had a heck of a time trying to uh, get get that fairness, uh, you know, of, of religious expression from them. That's for sure. Yeah. So um, moving on through the documentary, they uh, talked about the Portland, Oregon after school Satan Club that they put together, which that was, was hilarious. Well, it was a reaction, and I don't remember it was the the Good News Club or the Good something club i can't remember good news club sounds right was, was that right yeah that uh the 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 christian churches were uh, providing this after school service to yeah. uh the kids in the in the portland area as long as they can indoctrinate them it's free and <laughs> and uh their of course their after school program was replete with religious iconography yeah. and indoctrination and things of that nature yeah and that's why the tst uh developed their after school satan club which was all about critical thinking and skepticism and you know thinking yeah. rather than being told what to think yeah and uh, of course there was a lot of pushback on that but ultimately they uh, legally nothing could be done they had to allow it yeah i mean if if you if you do it for one you got to do it for another and so when they whip out those satanic children's big book of activities which they <laughs> so hard um you know again it it's not so much that they're trolling i mean they kind of are in a little they are car, they kind of are a little bit just because they're like look how ridiculous this is if we do this from a satanic perspective. And they're really only doing the exact same thing that the religious people are doing by putting, you know, putting Christianity within, within, you know, activity books or coloring books or things like that. They're doing the exact same thing. And, you know, and all the kids have like little pentagram t-shirts on us. It's just, it's so ridiculous, but you go, Hey, that's actually what they're doing on, on the other side. I mean, can't they see how ridiculous? Like they can't. See they how they can't see it. No, yeah. no, no. They're way too close to it. Yeah. But uh, moving on from that, uh, the documentary then talked about uh, the satanic panic of the '80s, which yeah. we've already referenced, right. uh, and uh, how uh, you and I were both, you know, devil worshippers per se, and <sighs> because you. of that, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons and the heavy metal music. I only got to play D and D once. You know I what? Wanna, I want to try that. I am still upset about the fact. That uh, as a young Christian in high school, I was convinced that the Holy Spirit was moving me to destroy my record collection. Yeah. And I did. Uh, all that vinyl wasted. I am so upset to this day <laughs> over that fact. I had a nice collection. Yeah. Of, you know, 70s, 60s, 70s. I'm telling you. It's all gone. It's all gone. What a waste. What a waste. <laughs> <laughs> what a way. Well, that's in, what's what indoctrination does to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, then they started talking in the documentary about uh, the TST's philanthropic endeavors. They right. had uh, socks for the homeless, feminine hygiene products for local clinics, blood drives, adopting highways for cleanup, adopting beaches for cleanup. Yep. This is not just an organization that is about uh, legal activism. They're also about philanthropic uh, philanthropy. And helping their community. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's totally great. I love that. Which is one of the organizing principles around which the ACSJ was built. Uh, right. We had 
uh, very rich philanthropic uh, activities going on inside the ACSJ. I yeah. don't know. I don't know to what degree they're still going. Well, they still do um, the uh, you know the, the food sorting for the the homeless. The, 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 the food bank. Yeah, and the food blood bank. Drives. They do that. And they do the blood drives once a month. Yeah, so they're still doing. They're still Stephanie's good. Stephanie's still doing the homeless thing. Yeah, she was working with downtown streets. Downtown uh, streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and but it, that's not really associated with the ACSJ anymore. But we did do Is a lot right? of yeah, we did do a lot of drives in the past for them. Um, but yeah, it was, I think that was something that, you know, I, I felt was super important for the organization because that gives us a chance to connect and doing good. I mean, you know, we had that, we had that whole idea of like, you know, doing good without God, like we don't need somebody to tell us that we need to be good people. We can just do this on our own and just feel good about it because it feels great to give back. Right. And in fact, I've got the sticker on my refrigerator over there that says (laughs) we believe in good instead of God. Yeah, 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 totally. I love that. So uh, that leads into the TST National Council, which was uh, developed to help organize and manage and coordinate all of the different TST chapters across the nation and internationally. So yeah, over three years they grew from. Th- I mean, they started with three people and they went to fifty thousand. That's numbers amazing. In three years, yeah. And they needed some kind of organization to help ensure that the message was consistent and preserved across all these chapters, right. and that's where this uh, National Council came in. Right. And uh, it went on to talk about the abortion clinic protests, which, uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those will continue it to was, go uh, on. The, the problem was that this was, uh, well, in my opinion, uh, Jex Blackmore, who was the, uh, the more, I would say, on the, on the edge of activism, yeah. uh, more, of a, more of an activist activist, yeah. uh, organized this whole uh, baby fetish kind of thing yeah. to counterpose against all the uh, abortion um, iconography that was going on with the protesters. Yeah, you know, they put those pictures out there and stuff. Yeah, of right. Like, you know, here's Try what a baby looks like yeah, when it's exactly. aborted. And so they were they were doing their own grotesque the, stuff. The, the thing that I, that I found most telling about it, though, was passerby, passersby who were looking at the, the TST protests were going, I don't understand what you mean by this. Right. What, what are you what doing? Are you doing? Yeah. And it, that that's how esoteric it was. Yeah. It was performance art. It yeah. wasn't really a, a legitimate protest in right. the fact that it conveyed a message. Yeah. And she's she was the leader of I think the Detroit chapter. Yeah, that's right. And I think you know soon soon after she had another rally that turned into this weird almost like Fight Club kind of speech where she's like, "We're gonna put you know snakes in their beds and we're gonna do this and we're gonna execute the president." And I was like, "That's right." Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, and that's why she was removed from yeah. the TSTs because yeah. she started talking about killing the president. Yeah. You uh, can't do president that. Trump. <laughs> you can't do that. Well, not only can you not do that, it was completely antithetical to the TST's principles right. of nonviolence and compassion and, yeah. and things of that nature. Yeah, she uh, unfortunately went off the rails, and she did. And, and and the saddest part is that she, you know, cont- even though that she was removed, she continued to believe that she was in the right on that. Like she would not concede that. Yeah, maybe I went a little far, or like her idea of what this should be was her own making. And, uh, and and that's fine. It yeah. just wasn't in line with the TST, right? Yeah. And we we had some of that with within the atheist community because that's exactly right. We yeah. had people that were very much interested in activism, and that's kind of why we talked about splitting it up a little that's bit. That's exactly so you right. Have those people do that? That's exactly right. But you you inevitably get people within the organization who think that they know best and they want to create it the way they feel it should be done, and 
the the whole point of having a leadership of having a council or having a, a you know a panel of some sort board of directors is to keep that stuff from happening where you have it in writing you say look these are the things that we're supposed to be doing that's exactly right and if yeah. you do something against that i'm sorry it's not going to work you, that's you, right. will, you will make your own satanist place or whatever well that's right yeah that's actually and and she's free to do that yeah, and yeah, i'm absolutely. sure she did and i'm sure she's still working it today and i'm yeah. i support her in that i just don't support all the things that at least the things some of the things i've heard her say right right i think uh it goes it crosses the line in my opinion yeah my me personally yeah but uh, as far as the uh, documentary is concerned, it's getting close to wrapping up here. In fact, uh, they go back to the Little, uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, Ten Commandments issue, and they uh, talk a little bit more about that, and uh, they give uh, State Senator Rapert another few opportunities to say this is a Christian nation, and our laws are built on you know, the Ten Commandments. And, uh, uh, and they kind of left it there with... Uh, that being the open issue, as you say, that they're yeah. still trying to resolve the legalities in, you know, if they can put up the Ten Commandments, why can't we put up this Baphomet uh, monument? Yeah, it's a good question. And I'd, I'd be curious if that ended up in the Supreme Court someday, because I think at some point they have to push a little harder. Um, I don't know. But, but yeah, I mean, I think I think it was an interesting documentary for, for us. I mean, we've, we've followed a lot of the stories pretty closely since, you know, yeah, Since absolutely. we were kind of kind of close to it back in the day, um, but uh, I've always been a fan of the TST because uh, because of their tenets and yeah. because of their activism. I'm not I, personally. I, I don't have the constitution to be an activist. I, right. I like the idea of being an activist. Yeah, but I, I don't have the constitution to to be that confrontational. Right. In, in that context, now I can be confrontational, <laughs> and some of my colleagues and coworkers will probably attest to that. But it's a different context, right? Uh, right. So, it, but and so, as much as I uh, support their activism, and I certainly agree with what they're doing, um, I I couldn't do that. I would have to be the guy behind the scenes, you know, right. the organizational guy, you know, right? The right. guy helping put things together, you know, getting the paperwork together. Yeah, getting the paperwork together, whatever, you yeah. know, and then sending out the soldiers to go and you know do the protest. Right, but right. I'm, I'm not that guy. Yeah, no, I I appreciate the fact that there's a there's a group out there that's Absolutely. willing to push against, yeah. you know, some of these, uh, you know, overly accepted, um, uh, you know, ideologies within our nation right now. Um, it's much needed. Yeah, absolutely. And, and before we move on, I know this is the end of the documentary, but I did want to go back and touch on this idea that the American laws are based on the Ten Commandments. And if you'll indulge me here for a few minutes, I, I'd really like to kind of go through this. Okay. So I did uh, kind of a George Carlin thing. I don't know if you remember George Carlin in one of his stand-ups. He went through the Ten Commandments and one by one and uh, identified the relevance or the uh, you know whether or not they were enforceable by law or whatever. And, and he did it infinitely more humor, humorously <laughs> than I'm about to do. It. Right. But uh, I would like to go through this and, and talk about these Ten Commandments. And these were... The Ten Commandments have been dated to about the 7th century to 589 BCE. So it's yeah. about 600 to 589 BCE. And then the first five of the commandments, I'm just going to go through these real quickly, because they literally have absolutely nothing to do with law. Right. And let me just go through these. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord in vain. Right. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, and honor thy father and thy mother. 
Right. Okay, so those first five right off the bat, there is literally no law on any books, state, local, federal, anywhere that has anything to do with these five. Right. So right there, it's it's specious for someone to say our laws are based on the Ten Commandments. Yeah. The first five, half the Ten Commandments, have literally nothing to do with law. Yeah. Okay. And and you're also making the assumption by by making that statement, you know, uh, guys like Rapert are assuming that laws didn't exist before the Ten Commandments dropped down out oh, of the sky. Oh, he would is, be wrong. He is so wrong about that. <laughs> Moving on. So the first five we've, we've conceded. This has literally nothing to do with law. Yep. So let's look at the next five. Thou shalt not murder. Okay, so there's one that we all agree is a good thing. Let's yeah. not murder. Right. So there have been discussions of whether it's kill or murder, but the Bible has numerous prohibitions against unlawful killing. Right. But doesn't prohibit killing in the context of warfare or capital punishment or self-defense, and these are considered justified. So, right. So it's not against killing, it's against murder. And right. we have uh, laws that are uh, codified against unlawful killing. Right. You know, which doesn't include, you know, killing soldiers on the battlefield, does not include self-defense, does not include capital punishment. So we're not against killing, clearly. We have justifiable, justifiable homicides. Justifiable homicide, yeah. right. But there are laws against unlawful killing, and that's what... So you can say, okay, there's one. You got one. You got one. <laughs> uh, thou shalt not commit adultery. And if there was a law against that, everybody would be locked up, right? At least most of the politicians would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's one, thou shalt not steal. Okay, there's another one. Yeah. Now, there's some controversy as to whether in the original Hebrew they were talking about stealing property versus stealing people, mm. in, in, i.e. I. kidnapping. Right. But, okay, we're going we're gonna to grant the charitable interpretation okay. and say, okay, We'll, we'll say they're talking about stealing property. Theft so, is against the law. So there's two. Okay, we got two. So there's two. Out two out of ten. Uh, the, the number eight, no, that's number nine, is thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Again, it's not illegal. Not illegal to lie. Right, it's not illegal to lie. Unless you're in a court of law. Okay, so there is perjury. <laughs> perjury, but perjury yeah. has this very specific meaning. Right. Uh, I can lie, bear, bear false witness to you, I can do it to a police officer. I can do it to an investigator. I can mm-hmm. do it to a lawyer. Yeah. What I can't do is do it in a court or official legal proceeding in which I've taken an oath right. to not do that. Yeah. If I if I lie then, then I can be held on, per, on perjury. So we're going to give that a half. And the last one is thou shalt not covet. Okay. Again. Capitalism is based on coveting. Capitalism is based on coveting. Our entire economic system is based on coveting. Uh, so that's clearly not against the law. So no. out of the ten ten commandments, out of the ten commandments, the ten ten commandments, listen to me. Out of the ten commandments, <laughs> hundred commandments. We're giving we're charitably giving two and a half as a, as having any relevance to our codified laws today. Now you might say, okay, well, there you go. It's based on, our laws are based on the Ten Commandments. No, no, no. If you'll recall, these Ten Commandments were in the 6th, 7th century, 589 BCE. Uh, a century before that, uh, we had the Code of Hammurabi. Yeah. Uh, even before that, we had the Code of Ur-Namu, the king of Ur. Easy for you to say. Yeah, I don't know. We had the laws of Eshnunna. <laughs> In 1930 BCE, we had the Codex of 
Lipid Ishtar of Ishin, Ooh, that's my which is 1870 BC. So these are all codified laws that yeah. were at least a century before the Hebrew Ten Commandments right. that all had prohibitions against killing, theft, slander, fraud, slavery, particular slavery, well, not institutionalized. Nice yeah. Not institutionalized. They still had slavery. <laughs> it was a particular kind of slavery. Oh, I see, I see. Uh, trade, liability, divorce, adultery, perjury, and more. Wow. So these were very uh, um, thought out and, um, I guess you would say, full set of laws yeah. governing how people can interact with each other yeah. uh, well before, a century before the Hebrew Ten Commandments ever came around. So yeah. to then take the Ten Commandments and claim that U.S. law is based on them is not only non-factual, it's humorous. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Well, and, and it's also just a matter of not, not willing to educated. look. Yeah, well, not looking outside of your bubble. I mean, if you really believe that laws didn't exist until, you know, Moses went up onto Mount Sinai and, and pulled down these, you know, according to Mel Brooks, it was 15 commandments. That's and he right. dropped one. Uh, <laughs> That's but right. he came down with 10. And, uh, you know, that, that that I think it's, you know, if anything, it's more of a, you know, a, a story that probably people had, t- you know, told around the fire camp and, and just sort of like, you know, this this wonderful, you know, these laws were granted to us by God and yada, yada. But it really just dismisses the whole history of the, you know, of humanity prior That's to exactly that moment. Right. That's yeah. exactly right. Well, we've had a great discussion today. I've really enjoyed reviewing Hail Satan. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we talked about a lot of the activism that they do. We yeah. talked a lot about the tenets of the organization and how we are in accord with those tenets, why they use Satan, and the fact that it has absolutely literally nothing to do with any supernatural good versus evil kind of thing. Exactly. And uh, I would recommend to our listeners to go and watch this movie. I know we've, we've talked a lot about it, and you probably know it, uh, by heart, uh, but uh, take some time to go through this movie and think about the things that they're doing and think about your response to the the kind of activism they're doing and, and read their website. See if yeah. you agree with their tenants and, and with what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're looking for listener feedback, so if you want to email us, you can email us at skepticheads at gmail.com. Leave, it, uh, leave comments on the episode page on our website, skepticheads.com. And you can always find us on uh, our podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. We have Facebook and Twitter feeds uh, with the username Skeptic Heads. And check out the website, SkepticHeads.com. And if you don't like us, you don't really care about us, or you just love us, leave a review, please, on our, on our iTunes page and uh, let people know about this podcast. And remember, if you're not a skeptic, you're not using your head. Mm-hmm.